Welcome to Future of Risk, presented by Zurich North America. I'm David Hilgen. The 2022 hurricane season is fast approaching, and early forecasts are calling for above normal activity this year. But what is normal anymore? The scientific community has determined that climate change has made severe storms occur more frequently and with more intensity. As the Earth's atmosphere continues to warm, we will need to raise the threshold on what is a normal amount of hurricane activity. Our guest for this podcast is Chuck McCullis, Managing Director of Commercial Lines for Insurance Institute for Business and Home Safety, or IBHS. Chuck provides engineering and technical support for commercial building-related hazard mitigation initiatives and is the lead engineer for the IBHS Fortified Commercial Standards, a voluntary commercial construction criteria that focuses on building resiliency and mitigating losses from natural and man-made hazards. Chuck, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, David. It's great to be here. I want to talk to you about hurricanes, but first, can you tell me a little bit about what IBH does? Yeah, sure. IBHS is a nonprofit scientific research organization that is supported by the property insurers and reinsurers across the country. Our research is all about finding ways to strengthen and prepare homes and commercial buildings to reduce damage from severe weather. We advance the scientific understanding of severe weather perils and their interactions with structures at a full scale. We can advance building size by enabling our researchers to evaluate the various residential and construction techniques and systems more fully and accurately. And I say that with a comparison to model scale testing. When you have a small scale type of test, you could have a mock um, piece that would you know, scale to one to 10 or 100 or one to 500, and you really can't get the, the true performance of a material or a system. We have the ability to recreate storm conditions, including hurricane force winds, wind-driven rain, hail, wildfire, and that includes winds up to 130 miles per hour. So our science points us to clear actions that can strengthen the vulnerable parts of our building so it can better defend against severe weather. Oh, wow. So hurricanes are literally and figuratively on the IBHS radar then. Um, yes, they are. <laughs> I've never been to uh, the IBHS Research Center in South Carolina. For those unfamiliar with it, what do you do there? Well, Dave, we have the only lab in the world that can test full-scale one- and two-story residential and commercial buildings in a controlled, repeatable fashion for realistic windstorms, hurricanes, wind-driven rain, hailstorms, and wildfire ember storms. Our 21,000-square-foot main testing chamber includes a wall of 105 fans that can replicate realistic weather conditions including Cat 1, 2, and 3 hurricanes, um, extra-tropical windstorms, uh, wind-driven rain conditions, and, and straight-line windstorms, also like known as derechos that, that come across the country. Uh, we can actually repeat wind traces from actual hurricanes. Um, we also can do full-scale testing of structures for wildfire. I mentioned that uh, just a minute ago, but we can realistically create embers 
that when uh, strikes upon a building, we can evaluate what are the burn rates, you know, how do materials stand up to the embers. We can evaluate the defensible space and mitigation techniques. Again, this is all in a full-scale setting. We also work with hail, uh, where we have gone out into the field and pulled out uh, actual hailstones and recreated them in the lab situation. And then we can you know, rain them down upon our buildings. And we also can create testing techniques for impact-resistant shingles. And we have an aging farm too, where, where we look at other materials such as single ply membranes and right. metal panels, as well as shingles. And we, we put them outside in, in different parts of the country for five, 10, 15 years, and we harvest them. And then we will put them up against, you know, severe winds and hail and see how they perform after they've been out uh, exposed to the, to the elements. Wow, it's like a severe storm amusement park, storm world. Yeah, that's where all the big toys are. When annual hurricane season predictions are released in the springs, which ones do you pay for and what are you looking for? Well, we keep an eye out on the uh, Colorado State University and uh, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, a.k.a. NOAA, as the main forecasts. Okay. What is the value of these hurricane season predictions for particularly for property owners and property insurers? Yeah, that, that's a great question, David. So, you know, what we really want to emphasize is that, you know, predictions are very important. It helps us give a kind of a set the table for what the season is going to be. But what it really doesn't tell us is is where and when a hurricane is going to hit. So we don't really want to focus too much on the number of storms because it really only takes one hurricane or severe weather event to really, you know, ruin your day and to cause havoc on a commercial yeah. structure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So looking back at the 2021 Atlantic hurricane season, it was the third most active Atlantic hurricane season on record, produced 21 named storms, and damages from those storms totaled more than $80 billion, making it the third costliest season on record. Um, I specifically remember Ida, uh, just because I, I live in New Jersey and the remnants of that storm caused some major flooding in my home state. But why don't people uh, talk like last year was one of the worst hurricane seasons on record? We had a, a lot of storms and, and a lot of them actually didn't make U.S. landfall. Uh, but, it, you know, you mentioned Ida, and if you talk to any of the folks that had to deal with Ida, you know, they could tell you it was a very difficult season, and they're still encountering a very long recovery, um, you know, with supply chain issues, material availability, and widespread damage. Like you said, you know, it caused severe damage in, in Louisiana all the way up to New Jersey. So, um you know, all of these effects have really caused uh, significant losses, displacement of employees and communities, business disruption, and costly repairs that are just taking months and months and months to do. Um, and again, you know, during this environment that we're working in, you know, supplies that are needed on very short notice, uh, you know, in the past, you could get some lumber and you can get drywall and you can get roofing materials, yeah. but you know, right now it's it's really difficult to get these materials and then to get the 
the laborers to actually do the repair. So um, it's really not a good time. Not that it's ever a good time, of course, to have, you know, a storm hit, hit, hit your facility and not be prepared. Yeah. But now it's it's really just a, a crucial time to be prepared. Yeah, and inflation isn't helping with the uh, supplies, you know. Yes, right? indeed, right. Yeah, the materials are just getting, you know, so costly now. As you said, you know, $80 billion, that's an astronomical amount. And um, it's just going to continue rising if, if we can't get um, our facilities in strong order. Yeah, I know a couple of businesses near me uh, that were hit by some small stream flooding and they just shut down. They didn't rebuild. So they're just, I don't know what, they probably moved to higher ground. So. Yeah, you're right. Uh, flooding is a, is a, is a major uh, problem. And, you know, um, unfortunately, you know, where it rains, it can flood. So yep. regardless, sometimes if you're in a flood zone, you, you always want to be prepared. And, and uh, I think over the last several years, we've seen some flash floods, like you mentioned, yeah. that have occurred with some small creeks that have uh, turned into you know, major flash floods. And, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned New Jersey. That's, that's my hometown is our home state as well. And I saw on the news, there was a location in Ridgewood, New Jersey and Hohokus, New Jersey, mm -hmm. uh, neighboring towns of mine and uh, massive flooding uh, of which I had never seen, you know, yeah. growing up. So you always want to make sure that you plan for the duration of the water that could be around the velocity, you know, these flash floods, they, they can uh, tear buildings apart, the condition yeah. of the water, what, what's in the water, or do you have, you know, liquid propane tanks, you know, floating around. So you always want to elevate, you always want to protect, and you always want to have a plan when it comes to flood. So what should uh, businesses, homeowners, communities take away from the increased hurricane activity in recent years? I mean, should they be doing anything in particular to prepare for this hurricane season and future ones? Yeah, so, you know, when it comes to hurricanes, you always want to keep the wind and the water out, mm -hmm. right? So, um, so you want to protect your building envelope and it, and it really all starts with the roof. Yep. So if you can keep your roof on, you're on your way to doing pretty decent. Um, but, you know, so your, your roof is your first line of defense, everything on your roof, your roof mounted equipment, your roof drainage system is really important to uh, to keep in proper order. And then there's your flashing too, which is the, the perimeter um, connection between the roof and the walls. And you, you want to make sure your flashing is 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 snug and tight. Yep. And that, that'll help keep your roof on. A couple of other vulnerable parts of a commercial building would be, you know, any large openings, especially commercial doors those roll-up doors, you can yeah. find them in warehouse areas. Mm -hmm. Any opening protection, you know, windows, same thing. You want to make sure that those are, are protected and you want your windows well sealed so you're not getting that water um, coming in through the sills and the caulking. Any backup power, you want to make sure that's wind resistant as well and it's tested. And then, of course, you know, the perimeter grounds, any outdoor equipment, any pallets, any signage, any inventory, anything that could become a projectile, you want to make sure that you move that inside, trim up your trees, trim up the landscaping, and, and really just kind of keep your building in a very watertight manner. Yeah. Do, do, do you see in hurricanes, do you see any one particular peril that causes uh, most of the damage, whether it be wind 
rain or storm surge or what have you? Well, you know, again, yeah, I, I would say all of the above <laughs> could really, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, you know, wreak havoc. And, and there's a lot of things that go into that. Uh, you know, it depends on the location of the building. You know, where are your relationship to that hurricane? Um, you know, I always want to impress upon folks that, you know, don't get too, too hung up on, you know, the category. A lot of times we'll say, yeah. well, it's only a cat one, you know. Uh, but it, it could be a huge cat one, you know, uh, you know, Hurricane Sandy uh, is a good example of that, yep. you know, coming up on the 10 year anniversary this year. And, um, you know, it had such a large wind field that the storm surge was was incredible. And uh, also what happens is there's a fatigue that can happen to a building. So when the storm is, is battering a location for hours, again, Harvey was like that, too, in yeah. Houston, not only drops a lot of rain, but it also can fatigue the materials, you know, hours and hours and hours of battering just can cause that material to come loose. Um, so, you know, you really want to just pay attention to everything you mentioned. You want to keep the wind and the water out of your building and um, really just focus on keeping it as watertight and wind tight as, as can be. Yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, Sandy, uh, five years after Superstorm Sandy uh, hit. I was doing home, helping with home rebuilds in Queens and Brooklyn, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's still some homes that haven't been rebuilt from that. You know, that that's a good point, David. There's a lot of communities that have been ravaged by these hurricanes that really either never or it takes them many years. Like I said, five years later, you were still working on it. And, and uh, I remember um, doing some loss investigations after Harvey and that area was just so devastated along the Texas coast. Michael's another one that hit the Florida panhandle. You know, we can go on and on about all these storms, but, you know, the sad thing is that it's a continuous cycle of destruction. And, uh, you know, IBHS has put together a fortified program that yeah. helps reduce these damages. So that leads me to my next question. So is there any uh, new technology or guidance for for building well, yeah. mitigate property loss <laughs> yeah so so i mentioned the fortified program but i i do want to touch on one thing yeah. before i get into that and that would be you know we are very firm believers in modern building codes mm -hmm. um so the most recent building codes is, are really focusing on uh, adding some resilient aspects to construction you know it, it is a life safety uh mm -hmm. standard so you know they want to make sure that everybody survives a storm, but but it also doesn't always focus on the habitability and the ongoing operation. So um, the other difficult thing with the building codes is that uh, it can vary across the country and it varies across states. And um, there's not one uniform code across the country, right? So there, you know, Texas um, still does not have a full uh, uniform code across the state. There are sections that have a code. So um, what we've come up with is a voluntary construction standard called our Fortified Program. It's a standard and it's also a compliance program. So we have a program for homes, for multifamily, and we have it for commercial structures. And the, the standard and compliance program is des designed um, to strengthen buildings against these specific types of severe weather. So, you know, high winds, hail, hurricanes, and even 
low low level tornadoes such as EF zeros, ones and twos. Yep. Our program is grounded in our laboratory and field research. And uh, we are proud to say that we work very closely with Zurich on this. I've done joint loss inspections with some of the Zurich risk engineers and um, Zurich has uh, actually replaced their HPR wind standard with our fortified commercial program. And what that has done has that and that has opened up some doors where previously, you know, HPR wind was limited to hurricane prone areas, but fortified commercial is now uh, it covers the entire United States. So um, business business owners can find some areas there where they can, you know, have resilient structures and have it being recognized by Zurich. And the designation process is conducted by Zurich Risk Engineering. We provide some oversight on that, but um, it's really an exciting time for IBHS and, and Zurich to be to be partnering. Yeah, I am familiar with that. And if people wanted uh, more information about that, you could just go to uh, ibhs.org, right? And you can, I think yes. it's, uh, the word fortified is uh, is pretty prominent on that website, I think. Chuck, I want to thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. David, it's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, I look forward to speaking with you again in the future. Thanks also to our listeners who tuned in for this Future of Risk podcast. I'm David Hilgen. Future of Risk, presented by Zurich North America. If you like the show, we'd appreciate it if you left a comment or review wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Let us know what you think at media at zurichna.com and join us next week.